Welcome to Find Myself Free, the podcast. I'm Ellie Young, alcohol-free life coach, mom, and athlete. I'm dedicated to helping others change their relationship to alcohol by sharing my journey of transformation. Fascinated by my own capacity for change after decades of gray area drinking, I'm passionate about sharing what I've learned from neuroscience and positive psychology to help you break free from the drinking cycle and unlock your true potential. Hear my personal stories of triumph and struggle as I navigate raising two boys, finding myself after 40, building a business, and doing it all alcohol-free. From women's health and cycle syncing to fasting and biohacking, this podcast is your roadmap to a healthier, purpose-filled life that starts with changing your relationship to alcohol. It's time to embrace change, find balance, and create the life you were meant for. Welcome to Find Myself Free. Young and welcome to Find Myself Free. As I record this, this is the second weekend of Sober October. It's Friday the 13th. Ooh, spooky. Um, so this is the second weekend we are attempting to go alcohol free. And I hope you are, you know, being really intentional about how you are setting up your weekend ahead. You're not waiting until the moment strikes where the cravings hit and you don't have a plan because that requires a ton of energy to try and shift gears off that old drinking pattern and move into your new pattern. So it helps to be really intentional right now. It's 1230 here. Start planning out. What are you going to do tonight? What are you going to do this weekend? And um, one of the topics we're going to discuss today is managing anxiety in early sobriety. And this is one of the things I want to talk about really early on in in your journey here for Sober October, because let's face it, when we stop drinking to numb our anxiety, we can feel really raw. And um, it starts to bring to the surface all of these things that we've probably been numbing for quite some time different irritations in our life, different issues that we just haven't dealt with. And our only coping mechanism has been to numb it, to drink it away, Um, whether that's consciously, but most of the time it's subconsciously. We don't even realize how quick we are to numb these bad feelings and these bad sensations and the the stress in our life and the irritation. Um, And it really has prevented us from growing. It prevents you from addressing these things in your life and making a change, making a change that would help you progress through it instead of just staying stuck and numbing it. Um, So one of the tactics I'm going to talk about today is called the Nailer Tactic. And I adapted this from the book, Not Drinking Tonight. I'm blanking on the author's name, but the title of the book is called Not Drinking Tonight. I think her name is Amanda, Um, but it's an acronym for how we process anxiety in the moment. And again, the anxiety is going to tie hand in hand into the thought work we're doing because a lot of times anxiety, um, we start to experience that kind of bodily sensation and then we assign thoughts to it. We start to hear a thought come up 
and we assign all this meaning to it in our world. Like, oh, I'm irritated because this, and I start to feel this overwhelm in my body. And what do I do when I feel that overwhelm in my body? I, I want to drink. I want to quiet it. I want to relax. I want to not have to think about it. I want to shut down that thought, right? So um, this goes hand in hand with the thought work we're doing. We're trying to catch those thoughts that are the genesis for our drinking behavior. And we're also trying to catch this anxiety and bring it out of the subconscious and into the conscious where we can then work on it and say, hey, this is the thought that's trying to sabotage me. This is the anxiety that's trying to sabotage me in this moment. So um, this tactic is going to help bring that anxiety and bring those thoughts out of the subconscious into the conscious where you can re really be intentional about working on it. So the, um, it's called the nailer tactic. So the N means you notice it. And these, these, the first two are really, really quick. Just notice it. Ah, I'm feeling that irritation, that anxiety, that stress in my body. And you just notice it. A is allow it. Instead of trying to squash it, instead of trying to numb it, you allow for it. You give it a little space and you go, okay, I'm experiencing this in my body right now. Now what? I is investigated. Okay. Where do I feel this in my body? Is it a tightness in my chest? Is it a tightness in my throat? That's typical for me. That's where I feel my anxiety. Am I getting hot? Am I cold? Am I sweating? So just um, investigate where is this presenting itself in my body? Um, a lot of times you can put your hand on your heart and you can kind of feel and kind of like give yourself a little hug, a little tender touch to the anxiety. L is, excuse me, L is label it. This is anxiety. This is fear. This is stress. Give it a name. And the more specific you can be, the more articulate you can be about identifying this emotion in your body. Emotion is a chemical signal in your body. And the more precise we can be with the language we use, um, the better we are at kind of understanding it and kind of breaking it down and coping with it. So again, these should be really fast. You notice it, you allow for it. Where do I feel this in my body? You investigate it. L, we call it what it is. Okay, this is fear. I'm afraid of something right now. And then E is evaluate it. We say, okay, when I'm feeling this way and I'm thinking these thoughts, you know, how does it actually make me think and how is it, how does it make me behave? Okay. Typically when I'm feeling this overwhelm, I'm just going to use myself for an example. I used to feel a lot of overwhelm with my kids at the end of the day after, you know, back when I was drinking, we were coming out of the pandemic, coming out of homeschool. I had just lost my two dogs of 13 years. So this was at the height of my drinking. And I would feel moments of just sheer overwhelm. And I would instantly reach for a bottle of tequila. And I just wanted a little swig and it would like try to try to like ease my suffering in that moment. So that, that overwhelm and the thought that I just can't take it. And I just need to like relax and feel nothing right now. It, it created the behavior of me reaching for that bottle in that moment. Okay. So that when you, when you evaluate it, say, how does the thought I'm thinking right now actually make me feel and actually make me behave? right? And that is the thought that we're going to try and replace with the thought work we're doing. But right now we're just addressing the anxiety. So the R in the nailer technique is release it. So the big step here, 
about instead of letting this anxiety kind of rule your body and rule your emotions in the moment, which is then going to cue the drinking behavior, we are going to five, four, three, two, one, get up and release that anxiety, release that emotion in your body. And for me, it was always get out of the house and walk around the block with my dog. Um, and for me, it was like seeing that sunset, um, getting that fresh air and looking at the expanse, expansiveness of the sky was really what kind of got me out of that same loop of anxiety, emotion, cueing my drinking behavior. And it really, it was a new reward for my brain. It actually felt better and it calmed me to get outside and get in that fresh air. And it can be enormously difficult to overcome that initial friction when you are experiencing the drinking anxiety, the drinking cue, and that, you know, inertia is like pulling you towards that behavior. It's very difficult to interrupt that and do your your new behavior that you're plugging in here to try and stop the drinking behavior. And that's why we have to be really, really intentional about it. So you're thinking about it now. If you're listening to this and it's daytime, you're you're preparing for that anxiety to hit. You're preparing for the drinking cues to hit. And you have um, what is called an intentional implementation plan. So I got this from James Clear, Atomic Habits, the intentional implementation. So when I feel overwhelming anxiety, I will get up and take a five-minute walk outside and breathe, okay? Another step that I used to do is, and I still do to this day, is I will do the sympathetic sigh. This is a breathing technique from, um, I got it from Huberman Lab, and this is that double inhale. So you go another inhale at the top like that, and then a long exhale. I do this a couple times. And if you can hold it at the top for a few seconds, um, do that a couple times. And that is an extremely effective way of down-regulating yourself in the end, in that intensity of that emotion and that moment and allowing you a little space to get up and do something else. Um, I actually called out another tactic earlier when I said five, four, three, two, one. This is a tactic I've learned from Mel Robbins, um, fellow podcaster. I love her. And this is, it's like the countdown to a rocket ship blasting. I use this anytime I need to do a behavior that I either don't want to do, or I'm having trouble finding, like connecting the dots and getting myself motivated to go do the thing, right? I do this with my kids to get them out of bed, especially my 12-year-old. I'm like, five, four, three, two, one, like blast yourself out of bed. And the science behind this tactic is that the brain uses that little space when you're just, when you're trying to motivate to do something, it tries to use that space to talk you out of it, right? Any little wiggle room, any little kind of gap in your decision-making where it's like, hey, I'm going to try to talk you out of doing the thing you know you should do right now, the brain starts to win right there. It wants to be lazy. It wants to put you on an old pattern, it put you on an old loop. And instead, if you need that energy to like start the new behavior, you five, four, three, two, one, blast yourself. Don't give your brain any space to talk you out of it. And you, you get on that new train track in your brain and you start doing the new behavior. So this is when, you know, for that nailer technique, you notice it, 
you allow it, you investigate it. Where where do I feel this in my body? You label it. Oh, this is fear. I'm afraid right now. Evaluate it. When I'm afraid like this, how how does that actually make me feel? And how does that make me behave? Well, I want to drink. Okay. So that's the thought we we want to replace. We say alcohol is not going to help my fear. It's only going to numb it. It's only going to make it worse because it's going to release adrenaline and cortisol in my body, compounding my stress and anxiety. It's going to make me, it's going to wreck my sleep and it's going to make me feel even worse the next day. So we replace that thought where, oh, alcohol is the answer now. We say, no, alcohol is not the answer. And then we release it by five, four, three, two, one, boom, get into that new behavior that you were replacing the drinking behavior with, whether it's a walk outside, whether it's calling a friend, whether it's 10 jumping jacks, anything to get you out of that loop and into your intentional implementation plan. When I feel this drinking anxiety, this overwhelm, this cue to drink, I'm going to do this behavior instead. Okay. And if you need, if you can't get out of the place that you're in, if you're stuck, you can use that sympathetic sigh. Double inhale, hold it. Exhale. Okay. A lot of times I hear clients say, um, I can't, I can't do that. I can't because, and they name off whatever reasons. And I don't even want to call them excuses because we, a lot of times we're in shitty situations and they are valid. And it's like, yeah, that's a tough situation. Um, You know, I, the height of my drinking was when I had young children and the younger they are, the more difficult and the more stuck you are. Cause you, you sometimes can't get out of these environments you're in. You can't leave your babies alone. You can't even leave them in the room. Sometimes you can't, you know, be by yourself. So this, this is something there is always, always an answer though. There is always a way that you can manage your anxiety and manage this moment by changing it somehow and not allowing yourself to get back into that drinking loop. So it it does take some intentional planning to sit down and go, what possibly can I do instead? You know, that, that lives within the boundaries of my reality. You know, if you're stuck with a bunch of little babies at home, um, you know, can you do 10 jumping jacks in the room with them? Get them moving with you. Can you put on a fun song and start, you know, shaking it out, releasing that energy in your body? Um, can you, I, a lot of times I think that the, the behavior that you're trying to replace your drinking behavior with, one of the, the best things you can do is find something that stimulates all five senses as much as possible. Something that hits, I, I used to say hits on all five. This hits on all five, your sight, your smell, your taste, your feels. Um, what am I missing? I can't remember right now, but I think it's five senses. Do we have five senses? Sight, smell, taste, touch, touch. That's how I said feel. Oh, and hearing listening to something, listening to something beautiful, listening to a fun song, something, you know, that will be soothing. Um, That is a great way to try and boost, incrementally boost your dopamine because your, your brain is craving that dopamine reward that it used to get artificially high from the alcohol. So if you can replace the behavior with incremental healthy doses of, of, of dopamine that are sustainable, this is a really excellent way to retrain your brain to crave that reward instead of the artificial high reward 
of the alcohol that is going to wreak havoc on your system. Um, another really amazing tactic that I want to share with you that has everything to do with managing your anxiety is staying above that 50% line. So this is something, again, that takes intention at the very start of your day. Um, if you've been with me for a while now, one of the things I do to stay above my 50% line is I have a morning ritual. And this doesn't have to be elaborate. It can be short and sweet. But, you know, I you, my morning ritual is I wake up, I make myself tea. I'm not a coffee person. Um, so I do green tea. I actually make two teas. I make a tropical green tea in my little Keurig. And then I make a matcha um, green tea just by heating up water and, and mixing in matcha. So I have two cups of different green teas and I make my water for the day, which is I use element electrolytes and I fill a giant water bottle and I pour that in. So I have my water for the day and I have my two cups of tea and I journal for about 15 or 20 minutes before I then do a few minutes. And this is all very short, like five minutes of stretching mobility because my back is tight. My legs are tight. I'm 42. I'm old. Um, I, my body definitely is not always happy in the morning. So I do a little stretching before I go walk my dog and it is dark. I get up pretty early. I get up at five and I am out the door by 6.30. No, by six. No, no, no. Out the door by about 5.45. I'm back home by 6.30 when my kids wake up and I make breakfast and do all that. But that little alone time and I doing those little steps of nourishing my nervous system and then the walk with my dog is it is usually about getting that sunrise and that sunlight in my eyes, but right now it's super dark here and I'm, I'm not able to get the sunrise. It's pitch black, but um, it's still so peaceful. And to move my body and be with my dog, I go walk down by the ocean or I go walk in this park where it's beautiful. Um, it is so soothing to my nervous system. And also incredibly important, I do not look at my phone during this time. I keep it away. I stay off it because I know the second I peek into that phone, whatever I was intending to do, sometimes it's just like, oh, I just need to see like what's on the calendar for today. All of a sudden there is like 1800 cues that pop up on my phone about like, hey, you need to pay this bill. Oh, and by the way, this is on sale. You need to go buy it today. You know, like there is just so many distractions that could potentially enter your brain by cracking open that phone. I feel like the analogy I like to use is I try to keep my brain like this peaceful meadow in the morning where you can just like hear the birds chirping and the sunlight's peeking in and it's just soothing and beautiful. And then opening the phone is like you're, you open this door and let a circus out into your peaceful meadow. And there's 10 million things trying to get your attention and it pulls you in and you forget why you even looked at your phone in the first place. We all know this. So keep your phone out of your morning sanctuary. And it doesn't have to be, I know mine's pretty long and elaborate, but I've been building my morning ritual for close to three years now. I didn't used to journal. That's something I've added this past year. And um, I didn't used to do the mobility stretching. Um, so these are new little things that I've added. Um, it's called habit stacking, actually. If you want to add a new healthy habit to your routine, tuck it in with a habit you're already doing. So if you want to start making a big water for yourself today, so you drink your water all day long, 
add it into your coffee or tea routine. Just say, when I'm making my coffee or tea, I'm going to fill a big water and I'm going to add that in. These are more James Clear um, uh, tips from his Atomic Habits book, Habit Stacking. So if I I knew that I wanted to um, get more mobility, more stretching in. So I, as soon as I pick up my leash to walk my dog, I go, oh, I'm going to do five minutes of just stretching my hamstrings, stretching my low back, um, my hips. And it's not it's not long, but it does make me feel so much looser um, as I go walk my dog in the morning. Um, so trying just add tucking in a little habit on one you're already doing is a really great way to start building your morning ritual. So start small. A lot of people in the early phases of this, I recommend starting with lemon water in the morning. It's amazing for cleansing out the liver and it just tastes really good. It wakes up the mouth. It feels feels really good. My I, my husband does lemon water um, pretty often there. So that is looking at my notes here. Um, I wanted to revisit the anxiety that we are experiencing in our bodies. Um, a lot of times, again, in early sobriety, it feels raw. It can feel like a lot of old stuff comes up. A lot of old memories come up and you recognize that, man, I haven't allowed myself to feel this for decades. You know, I, um, early sobriety is marked also by memories of bad drunk nights pop into your head all of a sudden and cringe worthy moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. You know, I can't believe and all these ideas, and it's it's a little bit sad because you these moments used to be like, oh, this was like a fun night, right? And then you kind of like look back and you're like, oh, but man, my eyes were like always half masked and like, man, I look really sloppy. And, you know, you'll remember something and you're like, wow, that was that that wasn't great. That's not my finest moment. That is not something I'm proud of. Um, and so a lot of moments come up like that in early sobriety and it feels, it doesn't feel good. Um, this old anxiety, I mean, anxiety comes up. It's, I got this one from the book Anxiety Rx. He's on Instagram, that Anxiety MD. He's awesome for understanding your anxiety. So he talks about it by saying, anxiety is an old alarm in your body. It's an old trauma and it doesn't necessarily have to be a big T trauma, something that, you know, really, really awful that happened. It can be just little micro traumas over the course of your life that have, you know, created this memory that is like stamped into your nervous system. And sometimes it gets triggered for no reason at all. Sometimes there's a cause, but sometimes your body just starts to experience this old anxiety, this old trauma. And then our brain immediately tries to assign meaning to it. It says, oh, I'm exper I'm experiencing this, this sensation in my body. It has to be because I have this, this, and this to worry about right now. And you start to spiral. Your brain starts to assign meaning. You start to create these thoughts, which then cue emotions. And emotions are, a are like chemis chemicals being released in your body. It's a memory. And it is re remembering the chemical imprint of that old trauma and it re-releases it. And then 
It cues a behavior for many. It's the coping mechanism of drinking. It was for me. And then that cues that drinking behavior, which then cues a similar experience, similar thoughts, similar emotions, and it just creates that loop. And that's how you get stuck and you spiral. Um, So a lot of times recognizing this anxiety in our body, we don't have to assign meaning to it. We just have to treat the bodily sensation that we're experiencing with some bodily movement. So instead of overanalyzing it and rationalizing it with our brain and trying to explain it away, like, oh, I'm feeling this way because blah, 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 blah. We can use that nailer technique. Okay, we notice it. We go through it really quickly. We notice it. We allow it. We investigate it in our body. Oh, this is making me clench. This is making me breathe heavy. And I'm I'm, I'm hot, I'm sweaty, and then we label it, this is fear. I have fear right now, okay? When I'm f- afraid, normally I wanna drink it away, okay? Instead, I'm gonna five, four, three, two, one, release it, get up and go do your implementation intention. Get out of that environment, set yourself up in a new environment so that you can cue different emotions, diff- different thoughts, different emotions, Different chemistry will be released in your brain, which will then create a completely different behavior and experience for yourself. So you can get out of that old loop and into a new one. And again, this requires energy. There is friction there to to interrupt the old pattern and get on the new ones. The more intentional you can be about designing a plan that you know you're going to do because you know cravings are going to hit. You know you can't completely avoid environments that have drinking cues. So you prepare for them, you have your plan, and you stick to it because you've made a firm decision not to drink tonight. You have your plan, you have your go-to strategy, and now you have a method for managing that anxiety that is most likely going to creep up. And we don't want to shame ourselves. Um, We just say, Oh, there it is. We use the nailer technique, notice it, allow it, investigate it, label it, evaluate it, and release it. Okay. I am here with you. I am rooting for you. And I hope this information helps you continue on your journey this sober October. Um, reach out to me. If you're not part of my sober October, you can go to my Instagram um, and Find the link in my bio where you can sign up for free. Um, As always, like, follow, and share. Um, I'm with you. You got this. Hey team, you've just listened to an episode of Find Myself Free. And if some part of this left you wanting more, if your curiosity has been piqued and your intuition is telling you, I'm ready for more, I'm ready to look at my relationship to alcohol and find out just how much it's holding me back, then check out my coaching offers at findmyselffree.com. I offer the Brave course to kickstart your break on your own time, or you can hop on a call with me and talk about one-on-one coaching. I worked with a coach for four months at the start of my alcohol-free journey, and it made all the difference. Being able to talk to someone who knew what I was going through and could help me navigate my new world gave me a foundation of support I could build on. And it's a big reason why I'm a coach today. I want to help others find their freedom and level up their health. As always, if you like this episode, please like, follow, and share. 
And until next time, I'm with you. You got this.